Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In John chapter 1, between verses 19 and 22, John the Baptist was questioned. Because he was baptizing people, he invited Jews to be baptized, and many of them responded, and they went to him to be baptized. And in the previous program, I explained the significance of that, that the Jews were acknowledging that they were just as unclean as the Gentiles, that they were not right with God just because they were Jews, but that they really needed to repent and obey the law of Moses, and that their right standing before God would effectively be on the basis of their obedience, that this was going to be an individual pursuit, an individual decision, and just because they were born as a Jew that did not mean that they were right with God. I explained this in the previous message. Now, of course, this was against the predominant teaching that was presented by the Pharisees and the religious leaders of that time. John the Baptist was contradicting the predominant belief of his time, and people were believing him. They were responding to that. In effect, they were turning away from the religious leaders, and turning to John the Baptist. So the religious leaders sent representatives to go and find out what was going on, and to ask John, effectively, who did he think he was? The religious leaders sent out Pharisees, and they sent out priests, and they sent out Levites. They sent out people to go and find John somewhere out there in the wilderness somewhere near the Jordan, to ask him some questions. In John chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. But in this program, I'd like to talk about these three different individuals, these three different people that he is referring to. He's referring to the Messiah, he's referring to Elijah, and he's referring to the prophet. Now, these were three specific individuals that the people were looking for. These were unique individuals that the people were expecting at this time and John was being questioned, are you one of these three people? Inherently, by asking this kind of a question, if he was not one of these three people, then it could have been assumed that he has no right, that he has no place, he has no role in Israelite society. In the society, he has no reason to be doing what he was doing. Of course, he continued to do what he was doing because he was doing this 
for other reasons. God sent him to do this for other reasons, and I will explain that in other programs. But in this program, I would like to talk about the history a little bit more and to explain who these three individuals were and not just leave it open-ended and say, well, John was asked if he was this person or that person or the other person, but we don't really know who these people are. And so even though John was not one of these three persons, it's important to know who these persons are expected to be. So let's start with the Messiah, also known as the Christ. For this program, I would prefer to use the word Messiah. It effectively means the same thing. Who was the Messiah? Who was the Messiah that the people were expecting to show up? And what did they expect him to do? The Messiah was expected to be a person who would be the king. He would reestablish the throne there in Israel, establish a kingdom, and through his authority, he would set them free from the oppression of any other kingdom. In this case, at this time in history, it was the Romans. The people were expecting there to be a king who would make war, if necessary, against the Romans and set the people free so that their society, their way of life, would be governed by the Messiah, by the king, there in Israel. The people would be able to live in obedience to the Mosaic law and they would be able to live freely and they would be able to live in peace. That was what the people were expecting. And so when they were asking John, are you the Messiah? They were asking him, John, are you the person who is going to make war against the Romans if we need you to? And you are the person who is going to be set up as the king of Israel. And you are going to make sure that we all live in obedience to the Mosaic law. And we are going to live in peace. And we are going to live in freedom from any interference from anyone else in the world. Is that who you are? In effect, that's what they were asking him. And he said, no, I am not that person. I am not that person at all. The Messiah was spoken of in the scriptures. He was spoken of in many places. And because John quotes from Isaiah a little bit later, I'd like to mention Isaiah chapter 9. In Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6 and 7, we have a description of the Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We're talking about someone who's going to come as a child, someone who's going to be born as a baby going to start out as a regular person like anybody else. And this is going to be a person who is identified as a son. That's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. 
and he will be known as the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, this should give you an indication that this person is going to be the living God himself. Our God himself, personally. Our great Father in heaven, the everlasting Father, the mighty God, the one. He is going to show up as a child. He's going to be born into this world as a child. He's going to be acknowledged to be a son, a son of God and a son here on earth. And it's going to be our God manifested in the flesh. That's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And we know that this is exactly what the Lord Jesus did. This is not what John the Baptist did, but this is what the Lord Jesus did. So we have a very good description right here, and we have other descriptions throughout the scriptures that tell us about the Messiah. In addition to that, we have an approximate time period with regards to when the Messiah is expected to arrive. In Daniel, the prophet Daniel, chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, it says, Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks, the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end of it shall be with a flood. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. In Daniel chapter 9 here in verses 24 through 26, we have a reasonable description of about when the Messiah is expected to arrive. And of course, there is a lot in these verses to speak about and understand. But I just wanted to read this and remind you of these passages. And in this case, just in order to exaggerate the point that the time of John the Baptist, the time of the Lord Jesus, is the time that is spoken of here, if we were to work through the calculations that are described that this is the time when the Messiah is expected to come. We know that the Messiah is going to be our God personally, the mighty God, everlasting Father, who is going to be a child who is born. That's, that's who it's going to be. And the people are looking for him. They are expecting him to arrive at this time in history. And they ask John the Baptist, is that who you are? And he says, no, he said, no, in verse 19. Now, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. That's what it says. So proceeding into verse 21, and they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? Are you Elijah? Well, why would they ask him if he was Elijah? 
Elijah already lived. He lived a long time ago, and he died. Well, he was taken up into the heavens, is how it was described in Second Kings chapter two, and it is assumed that he was taken all the way up into the heavens in the sense that the Lord extracted him from the earth and gave him a place in the kingdom of heaven. It is assumed that that is the case. And so people are expecting that Elijah will return from heaven personally, the same person who lived during the time of Second Kings and who was taken up into the heavens in Second Kings chapter 2, that exact same person is expected to return. And so they are asking him in verse 21, are you this person? Now, throughout the history of Judaism, this has been something that has been passed on from one generation to the next and has been expressed in many of the festivals and ceremonies and many of the prayers that have been written that people are repeating, that Elijah is going to return, the very person of Elijah. But this is not necessarily going to be the case. If Elijah does return then this would mean that a person can leave this earth, enter the kingdom of heaven, and return again to this earth. Now, I personally believe that there are way too many things that our God has revealed to us that would contradict that. There are way too many things that the Lord Jesus spoke about that our God has revealed about there being a final judgment and about there being no return back to this life that I personally do not believe that Elijah himself, that very individual, is going to return. This does not mean that he won't. Just because I don't think so doesn't mean that he will. And so if you disagree with me and you think that Elijah himself, that same person, is going to come back, then I won't argue that. I won't argue that. I don't need you to believe something different. If, in fact, God decides to send Elijah, the very person, back here to earth to live among us, to be the testimony that people are assuming, I am not going to complain. I am not going to protest. I am not going to feel disappointed at all. I will just simply say, well, it looks like I didn't have a complete understanding of that. And this should not be a surprise because I know that I do not have a complete understanding of a lot of things, and so I will just assume that that's just one of those things. But I personally, this is just my opinion, I don't think that the very person of Elijah himself is going to return. It's my opinion that there will be a person who will fulfill the role and office in the power and in the inspiration of Elijah, in a sense, as a forerunner but that it does not necessarily have to be the same person. For example, in 2 Chronicles, in 2 Chronicles chapter 21, verses 12 through 14, in 2 Chronicles chapter 21, verses 12 through 14, we have the testimony of a letter being sent from Elijah to the king Jehoram. Now, if Elijah was in the kingdom of heaven, how could he have sent a letter to King Jehoram in Second Chronicles chapter 21, verses 12 through 14? 
How could he have done that? I personally think that this is evidence to show that Elijah was taken up into the heavens in the way that was described, but not all the way into the kingdom of heaven. He was just simply relocated somewhere else, and Elijah decided to stay. He remained in another location for the rest of his physical life, where he lived in peace. Elisha took his place and continued the ministry of the Lord at that time. But Elijah himself, he took a break and he continued to live his life outside of the activities of what was happening in the nation of Israel, except for what we have here in Second Chronicles chapter 21, where it says that he wrote a letter to Jehoram to tell him, you know, you are going to have some serious problems with God because of your sin. And so because of these verses in Second Chronicles, I am of the opinion that Elijah lived the rest of his days in peace, and then he died, and then he entered the kingdom of heaven, and that we are not going to see him personally return. There is a prophecy, though, and that's what the people were thinking of, what they were referring to when they asked John the Baptist in John chapter 1, verse 21, Are you Elijah? There is a prophecy that was recorded in Malachi concerning this, and I believe that this is what they had in mind. In Malachi chapter 4, it says, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb, for all Israel... With the statutes and judgments, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. This is the prophecy that I believe the people were referring to, that God will send Elijah the prophet. But he doesn't have to send the specific person. He can send another person who will fulfill what this person is going to do, that he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. In effect, he's going to encourage people to live in obedience to the law of Moses. Malachi chapter 4, verse 4. Remember the law of Moses. My servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. This will be a person who will turn others back to the law of Moses. Now, as I explained in the previous program, John the Baptist was doing that. He was turning the people back to the law of Moses through baptism. That's what baptism was about. It was about a person dedicating their lives 
to the law of Moses. And so, in effect, John the Baptist was fulfilling the role of Elijah. The religious leaders asked him, are you Elijah? And he said, no, I am not. And so he did not think that he was Elijah. The religious leaders certainly did not think that he was Elijah. But was he Elijah? Well, according to Jesus, he was. For example, in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11, Jesus was questioned by John the Baptist, wondering, hey, listen, you know, I'm in prison Are you really the Messiah or not? Are you the one who is going to set up the kingdom and you are going to set us free or not? As was described in Isaiah chapter 9 as an example. Are you the person who we are looking for or not? In Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John... John the Baptist, had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, and it's important to remember this, that John the Baptist had his own disciples who were not following Jesus, necessarily. They were staying with John the Baptist. They left, in verse 7, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to receive it, He is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, in verse 14, this is Matthew chapter 11, verse 14. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. Was he the very Elijah who was taken up into the heavens in 2 Kings chapter 2? No, I don't think so. Not at all. But he was considered to be Elijah by the Lord Jesus in the sense that he fulfilled the role and the office of Elijah. In verse 23, he said, I am not, but he was. He just didn't know. He didn't understand. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Well, who was the prophet? The prophet was described in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, where it says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me 
from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. They were asking John the Baptist, Is this who you are? Are you this person who is spoken of? And he said, No, I am not that person. This person was the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus was this person. He did fulfill this. He was the fulfillment of this in the sense that he did speak to the people as a prophet. The Lord Jesus certainly did fulfill this prophecy. There is a lot to understand about the role of the prophet, especially in comparison with the role of the priest. I will have to continue with this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This program is the fifth program in the verse-by-verse study on the Gospel of John. In this program, I spent time talking about the questions that John the Baptist was asked about himself. He was asked if he was the Messiah, he was asked if he was Elijah, and he was asked if he was the prophet. And so I spent some time talking about these three different persons who the people were expecting to see at this time in history. And so when John said that he was not any of these persons, you will then be able to have a better appreciation for the question that he was being asked and why he answered no. Now, when it came to Elijah, the Lord Jesus did identify John as a person who came and effectively fulfilled the role of Elijah as was prophesied in terms of directing people to return to the Mosaic law. In that way, John certainly did fulfill the role of Elijah in addition to that as a forerunner to direct people to the Lord Jesus, who is the Messiah. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net you